could give the woman who was soon coming to rinse her down a foolish, alarming impression. She sagged slowly at the knees, back into the sludge, holding tightly with both hands onto the edge of the bath. At that very moment, the song stopped as abruptly as it had started, as though it were no more than the flicker of a memory presumed lost. The German could not tolerate being in bed for long, After a few minutes, she shuffled across the worn parquet floor again, towards a table with two bottles of mineral water beside a stack of plastic beakers. Lotta followed her actions intently, despite herself, as though she had to keep on her guard. "'Excusez-moi, madame,' with a slight inflection, in ponderous school French, the woman turned unexpectedly to Lotta. "'C'est permis for us who drink this water? The story that follows probably would not have happened if Lotta had also replied in French, but on a reckless impulse she said, Yes, das Wasser können Sie trinken. Ach so. The woman forgot the water, retraced her steps to Lotta's bed, exclaiming delightedly, You're German. No, y- yes, n- no. Lotta stammered, but she had already lit the fuse. Crackling softly, the woman was coming towards her. Everything about her was broad, round and curved, an elderly vaucleur who would not go away. She stood at the foot of Lotta's bed, casting a shadow over it. She looked candidly at her. "'Where are you from, if I might ask?' Lotta tried to retract her impulsiveness, "'From Holland.' "'But your chairman is faultless,' the woman insisted, spreading her plump hands. "'From Köln, originally,' Lotta conceded, in the flat tone of a forced admission. "'Köln! But that's where I'm from, too!' Köln. Köln. As the name of the city continued to resonate in the restroom that had never known anything other than absolute silence inside its walls, it occurred to Lotta for a moment that Köln was a cursed city, somewhere you're better off not to have come from, a city totally annihilated to punish the arrogance of a people. The door opened. A preoccupied middle-aged man shambled in. He selected a bed and slid noiselessly between the sheets. In the dim light, only his death mask remained vaguely visible. Everything was as it had been again, except for the German. She leaned over and whispered, I'll wait for you in the lobby. Lotta stayed behind, the victim of confusion and irritation. That sounded like an order. I'll wait for you. She decided to disobey it, but the longer she lay there, the more restless she became. The pushy German had somehow succeeded in depriving her of her hard-won calm. There was no escaping her. There was only one door out of the restroom, and it opened onto the lobby. Finally, she got out of bed brusquely, slid into her slippers, tied her belt tightly round her middle, and walked to the door, resolved to shake the woman off as quickly as possible. Entering the lobby, which was bathed in light, was like setting foot inside a temple dedicated to the goddess of health. The floor, laid diagonally with large tiles of broken white marble, 
together with an open atrium that gave an uninterrupted view of the balustrade on the first floor, created an illusion of expansiveness. This was reinforced by a ceiling painting of a fondant-coloured Venus, driving out of the sea in a shell, ringed by plump cherubim. And there was the constant sound of running water, created by two grey-brown veined marble fountains on either side of the lobby, flanked by robust Greek pillars. A glittering spout emerged from a gilded female head, like a protruding tongue dribbling a thin trickle of water. The one fountain, discoloured brown from the iron-bearing water, which in better days the rich aristocracy of Europe had sought as a cure for their anemia, was directly connected to the source de la Reine, the other to the source Marie-Andriette, a spring from which flowed velvet-soft water that drove all toxins out of the body. In this sanctuary of eternal youth,